0: Hello, class. Welcome to Faith School. We've got another wonderful day, opportunity to get our spirits nourished up in the words of faith and to let the Lord bring us up to a higher place of functioning like He does. We've got your place saved right here. Right here in the front. And I've got my ruler over here somewhere. If you get a little rowdy or something, we can get you back in line. But uh, get your Bible, get your uh, something to take notes on, and uh, don't let anything distract you for these next few moments, and let the Spirit of God minister to you. Let's pray, come into agreement, and release faith about this. Father, in Jesus' name, we submit ourselves to you for this time, this class of faith school, and we're asking you to feed our spirits and, and give us exactly what you know, that we need. Uh, Give us answers, direction, and help, eyes and ears and heart that's open and seeing and receiving. And we'll give you the praise. We'll be doers of it as you help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is one of the most wonderful things you'll ever talk about or hear about. It's God's choice for our way of living and functioning and operating. It's the only way to please Him in anything. You can pray all day long, but if you never prayed in faith, that prayer would not please the Father. You can give huge amounts of money to help people, but if you didn't do it in faith, none of it would please Him. No amount of works is acceptable on its own or on its own merit, God's always looking at the heart. And a heart of faith pleases Him. And one of the reasons it pleases Him so much is because He's the giver. Grace, the grace of God, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And what's going to please Him is Us rising up in faith and receiving of all that He's given to us. So let's look at Scripture again. And uh, even though we we say some things that you've already heard, again, if you were with us on previous class, you know if you hear it in more faith this time, you'll get more out of it than you did the first time. And uh, if this is your first time joining us, you can go back in the archives and get the previous lessons. And if you go through all of them, you'll be as sharp as these guys right here. And they're pretty sharp. Let's look in Romans, the first chapter. Romans 1 and 17, where it tells us that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Progressive. As it's written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, if you read Habakkuk, if you read uh, uh, Galatians and read other places, it says exactly the same thing, the just shall live by faith. Some translations say the just shall live by His faith. You'll live by your faith. And this faith, Romans reveals, is a measure of God's own faith. Uh, Mark eleven twenty-two, I believe it is, Jesus said, Have the faith of God. And Romans tells us that he's given to every man uh, a measure of faith. This is a measure of his own faith. Where did the faith of God come from? It came from God. And so if you ever hear somebody say, I'm sorry, I, I just can't believe. Or I can't believe like that. They're wrong. They they've become uh, deceived about that, not understanding what the nature of faith is. If you're a child of God, faith is part of your makeup. It's part of the new creation. You've been given a measure of faith, and by nature of what faith is, you don't have to understand to believe. It's simply a choice. You just choose to believe. It's a matter of trusting the source of what you're hearing. Now, being a Christian doesn't mean you should be gullible. It doesn't mean that if you're kind and you have love and you have faith that you believe everything that everybody tells you. That's just being foolish. No, we believe everything God tells us, everybody else, we check them out. We may be slow to believe that or, rel- you know, why should you believe somebody that you don't know anything about them? And especially if somebody's lied to you repeatedly, you're foolish to believe what they tell you without checking it out. You can love somebody without believing everything they say. You can love them without trusting. Trust is based on something that's been proven that you can count on. And with God, he has never lied to us. Not once. In fact, it's impossible for him to lie. So when he tells you something, no matter how crazy it may sound or how impossible it may sound, if he tells you, Just go ahead and decide, okay, it's true. If he said it, I believe it. It's a choice. You don't have to understand it at all. It's a choice. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, uh, he used to say that he said as as a young boy, he could not understand how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk and you churn it and make yellow butter of course, that dates you back when people were using churns. But he said all the while, he's trying to figure that out. He's enjoying the milk. He's enjoying the butter and even ice cream that they'd make with the milk. What, is it, what does that mean? You don't have to understand a thing to enjoy the benefits of it. A lot of folks drive cars around and they got no clue what happens when they put it in D for drive. They just know now I can push the accelerator and it'll move forward. They got no idea about the gears and the fluid and the valves and the electronic. Don't have to know at all about it. But if you didn't believe it'd work, you wouldn't get in the car. You wouldn't start it. You wouldn't put it in D. Faith is not based on knowledge and understanding. And when people say I'm sorry, I just cannot believe that. They're wrong. To say it correctly, you should say, I choose not to believe that because it is a choice. When it comes to God, let's not be unbelievers. Let's not be slow to believe. Let's not be stubborn. Let's be quick to believe. If he says it in his word, just immediately accept it and say, well, that's true. No matter what I feel or see. If he says it to you by his spirit, that's always going to be in line with the Bible too. Accept it. Believe it. He said, the just shall live by faith. Now, go with me again to 1 Timothy. We looked at this. 1 Timothy and the 6th chapter. The just live by faith the just walk by faith and there is also the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6 and 12 it says fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight not a bad fight. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. We we mentioned before that sometimes people say, we just, we just need to let go and let God. Well, there's a lot of difference between letting go and laying hold. If you're talking about letting go of your anxieties, your worries and your fears and your doubts, oh yeah, let, them let go of that. But if you're saying it's all up to God, and I just need to quit trying to do anything and, and just let God do it. No, 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 no. You're trying to get Him to do what He told you to do, and that's not going to turn out well. He told us to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold. When you lay hold, you, you come to Jesus For the first time, you give him your life, you get born again. You lay hold of eternal life. You lay hold of his love. You lay hold of the forgiveness and cleansing that he's given you, the acceptance as his child and his family. That won't be the end of that. There's a devil in this world. There are evil spirits. There are evil influences. And the enemy will come. And bring thoughts and feelings to you that are very, very real. And these thoughts and feelings will be to the effect that you can't live this kind of life. Uh, you, are not, you won't be able to do this or to be consistent with this. Or you won't be able to resist this temptation. Or you won't be able to stay out of this bad habit. or. And if you just go, wow. Ah. I guess, you know, I'm just an old sinner. I guess I just can't. You didn't fight. You didn't fight. You just gave up before the thing ever got underway. You got to fight. Everybody say it out loud fight. 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 The good fight fight. of of faith. It's not a fight of feelings. It's not a fight of reasoning, it's a fight of faith, faith. You just keep believing what God said about you, no matter how you look, no matter how you feel. You say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, no matter how bad you feel about mistakes that you've made, you say, I am an overcomer in Christ. No matter how many times last week and last month that you fail and messed up and came short, you say I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me no matter how impossible it seems and how much it feels like you can't. You don't just give in to despair and hopelessness. You fight the feelings of despair. You fight the feelings of hopelessness. You fight depression. You fight temptation. You're not fighting God. God's not the enemy. He's not the problem. You're fighting anything and everything that tries to tell you that you are not or can't be, can't do what God says you are and can do. Go to 2 Corinthians, if you would, the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 10, and uh, notice this, there's some some detail and instruction on how to uh, fight this good fight. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. If you were with us a couple of classes days ago, then you know we we saw Galatians where he said, Christ lives in me now, and the life I live I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Well, we we walk Not in in the flesh, after the flesh, or war after the flesh, but while we're living in this body, we're walking by faith. And notice verse 4, how you fight the good fight, how you war spiritually. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he specifies these strongholds. He says, next verse, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How do you fight the good fight of faith? What am I fighting against? You're fighting against unbiblical unbelieving, ungodly thoughts and images and the feelings that accompany these thoughts. This is where the warfare is. This is where the fight goes on. And no matter how long you've walked with the Lord, no matter how much of the Bible you know or how much you pray, you're still going to have to deal with these. And every day is a new day. And as surely as you get excited about something God's done for you, something that God's given you, something that Jesus bought and paid for in redemption, as surely as you say, I'm having that, and I believe I receive that, and I lay hold of that, as as soon as you do that, you're going to encounter resistance. I know that's not nice to hear, but it's the way this life is. The enemy will come immediately to steal that word out of you. How does he do it? He can't make us. The enemy can't make us do anything. He's got to get us to agree with him. How does he do that? He brings thoughts. He brings imaginations. I know I was uh, at a church a couple years ago. And uh, I was talking about this. and, And the Lord gave me a message and entitled, Slap It Down. Slap It Down. Well, it said, uh, "cast Casting Down. And that's a strong word. It's knock it down. Slap it down. Throw it down. Throw what down? These thoughts, these feelings. And uh, I didn't know it, but there was a young lady there. I got this testimony months and months later she wrote to the ministry. She was there on the front row in that meeting. And she said she enjoyed it and thought it was good, but she's doing pretty good. She was, uh, uh, I don't know, a few weeks pregnant, she told me in the testimony later. And come to find out after the meeting, after we were gone, the doctors told her there were problems with the pregnancy and there were problems with the child. And she said that was still ringing in her ears, slap it down. Slap it down. And we're we're not talking about fighting the doctors. They're trying to help you. Let them help you. We're not talking about fighting. uh, Our weapons are not natural, but they're mighty. They're spiritual and they're mighty. Fight what down? Your baby's not going to be all right. Your baby's not going to be all right. What do you need to do with that? She said she she saw it in her mind. You slap that thought down and go no no, the baby will be fine. In Jesus' name, I speak life over my baby. I speak health and strength over my baby. And so week after week and month after month went by and she said every day she had to slap those thoughts down because they would come to her and if something didn't feel right and if a test or something wasn't quite right, you got these feelings, Say, oh no, no, this is not going to be okay. Well, came time for the child to come and She gave birth, child's perfect, child's healthy. Somebody say praise God. God. But do you see where her fight came in? And of course the Lord knew that and that's one of the reasons why he had me preach on that. Right before she found out this bad report that she was going to have to fight and lay hold of health and healing and, and, and normal and perfect development Complete development for her child. Not enough to just say, Lord, you know, touch the child and make the child right. You've got to lay hold of that and, and, and believe you receive it. And then what's going to happen? It's not the end. It's the beginning. Every morning, noon, and night, you've got to be ready for thoughts to come and feelings. No, you're not going to get it. No, it's not going to work. Oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. The enemy is so persistent. These things can come to your mind, these feelings and these thoughts, hundreds of times in an afternoon. It can get tiring. It can get wearying. What do you got to do? You've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to lay hold of that life from God. And you've got to cast down every imagination that doesn't line up with what he told you and how he told you it is and how he said it'll be, you've got to grab every thought that's contrary to that and you've got to slap it down and and throw it down and say, no, no, no. So the blessings of God, even though they're bought and paid for and grace has so freely given them to us, they don't just fall on you. And even though you say, I believe I receive it, it's not the end, it's the beginning. And the enemy will fight you all the way. I know uh, some years ago, I was believing for, for a, a natural thing, a, a material thing. And I had sown seed for it. I would asked the Lord for one and, and uh, thanked Him for it. Well, months went by, a year went by, Year and a half went by, and we're further from it, looks like, than we had been in the beginning. And these thoughts kept coming to me it's not working. That's not working. Look, look. What should I do with that thought, you reckon? These thoughts. But it kept coming. And uh, the Spirit of God quickened to me and said, Well, if it's not working, why would He be bothering you, telling you that it's not working? See, this is how the enemy works. And and, and I saw it. I thought, it must be working. Or else he wouldn't be, what's what's he trying to do? If he can't get me to stop believing and expecting, this thing is going to break through and, and, and show up. And it'll be a good testimony. And he didn't want that. And so the Lord gave me a song. I started singing it to myself. Hold on. Hold on. Keep believing. Be strong. In a little while, it'll be all right. Hold on, hold on. It won't be long. Your faith will turn to sight. And sure enough, it wasn't just a month or so. That thing came to pass. But can you see that the enemy was trying to turn up the pressure as things got closer? It's a fight. It's a struggle. Not fighting trying to get God to do it. He's already done it. But my faith receiving it, the enemy will resist your faith and he will try to wear you down. He'll try to talk you out of it. But if you won't quit, if you'll hold fast your confidence and let faith and patience, faith and persistence have its perfect work, you'll wind up, the Bible says, perfect, complete, wanting nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? Praise God. Well, go to 1 John and see this great, great truth. 1 John, the fifth chapter. We've talked about in this first week of uh, faith school, why faith? Why is faith such a big deal? Why has God chosen him? Faith is not a theological position. It's not a group. It's not a movement. Faith is how God himself functions and how he has ordained that we should live day in, day out. Faith is how you live. We've also seen faith is the only way to please God. There is no other way. There's no substitute that's acceptable to him. And thirdly, we see this, 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. There's a lot of problems in the world. There's a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of things that will attack and try to hurt you and try to steal from you and kill and destroy. But when you're born again, you took on the nature of your father. He didn't know how to lose. He never loses. And this faith is how he overcomes everything, every time. And that's in us now. We are faith children of a faith God, and that makes us overcoming children, hallelujah, of an overcoming God. The agency by which we do it is the faith that he's put in us, the faith that comes from his word. The stronger you get in faith, you just don't have down days, No matter what's going on, you believe you'll come over it. You believe you'll come through it. No matter how awful it is, you believe it's just temporary until you see God glorified in this thing some way and the will of God accomplished and done. you just become one of those incurably positive people. A faith person. Hallelujah. And God's working us, working this in us. Well... That's our faith class for the day. Stay right where you are. I'm going to come back in just a minute to talk to you about partnership. (music) Hello, friends. Glad that you've joined us for faith school and our classes this week. The scripture says in Romans 10, how will they call in him whom they've not believed? How will they believe in him of whom they've not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. God has ordained that we be saved, and that includes every sense, by the preaching and teaching of the gospel, the good news. And um, it says how... Uh, "...shall they preach except they be sent." God has also ordained that He sends by His call, but also uh, through partners. These classes this week uh, were brought to you by our Word Sender partners, and they're brought to you free of charge. If you'd like to help send these to other people, if they're a blessing to you, you can become a Word Sender partner also there's information at the bottom of your screen to contact and we would welcome you and thank you for your partnership. God bless you, we love you, Jesus is so good.